Welcome, listeners, to the premiere episode of In the Ring with Sumo Heavy. I'm John Suter, creative director at Sumo Heavy, and I'm here with our co-host, Bart Moraz, the co-founder and CEO of Sumo Heavy. Oh, that's a nice title, John. Thank you. Isn't that nice? Because it kind of rolls off the tongue. So we have our lovely new studios here. We took all our money, all our podcasting money, and built these beautiful new studios. We have a robot butler that serves as cold brew, and I have a new gold chair that doesn't squeak as much as the other one did. So. <laughs> Uh, yes, that's all yes, fake. That's- actually, it's theater of the mind. We're actually in the same same studios that we had before. Well, I mean, as of January, they are the new studio. I mean, it's still a desk with two laptops and two headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you go. <laughs> a mic and a laptop. That's all you need. That's and right. That's right. Button. But we have one other addition. If you listen to other podcasts, e-commerce minute, we've took on a new team member here. Her name is Brittany Blackman. She is our junior marketing coordinator at Sumo Heavy, and she's also the assistant producer for all of our podcast stuff because it just became a little bit too much for two dumb fellas to handle on our own. So we finally got some brains in the operation. Say hi, Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Brittany. <laughs> so you'll, you'll hear Brittany on this podcast as well as our other podcast, uh, the e-commerce minute, which we'll get to in a minute. But for those of you who are not familiar with Sumo Heavy, we are a digital commerce consulting firm located in lovely downtown Brooklyn, New York and Philadelphia, PA. We're going to talk a little bit about our business later in the episode, but if you've never heard of us, Bart and I, and as well as Brittany also host another podcast called the e-commerce minute. The e-commerce minute is a short form daily news podcast. And we talk mostly about e-commerce, but we also cover retail, technology, some stories about the grocery business, anything that kind of, you know, even the occasional drone stories, because I love drones, anything that kind of touches the retail aspect of business, uh, anything with transact, you know, anything that's transactional. We blur the lines with e-commerce there. We get, you know, we touch a lot of different things because it's a daily podcast. You know, doing stories every day on Amazon gets a little weak. So we kind of mix it up a little bit. And our audience seems to like it. But if you're into that kind of thing, it's a perfect, tasty, little, spicy, bite-sized podcast. <laughs> well, it's, it's really should be just renamed it. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> the Amazon show. Well, I told you we could do a spinoff. But anyway, that's for another time. The episodes go don't really go longer than more than 10 minutes. So it's kind of perfect if you're commuting or at the gym or need some small size content, you can binge listen. Cause I think, correct me if I'm wrong. We listen, we look at our stats, we got to listens in the morning and then people tend to jump on later on. So we don't do breaking news kind of stuff, but just stuff that's in the news related to e-commerce, but not necessarily, you know, stop the car. I got to hear this. It's just some bite-sized content to help you start your day. So if you want to check it out, it's called the e-commerce minute. And we're available on all the platforms. All of them. Just all, all the platforms. All the platforms. Well, no, really more, we are. We're on all the platforms. Yeah, more, most importantly, Anchor FM. It's, uh, it lets us be on all the platforms. Yes, yes. If you want to do a little history lesson here, we're on Anchor FM slash e-commerce minute. And the, that particular podcast started off as kind of an experiment and took a life one of its own. And it was all because of Anchor. So uh, hats off to those guys who are doing a great job. And we're thankful to have them because it made us... It got us into podcasting and it made it a lot easier for us because we all, you know, we don't do this as our full-time thing. We also have, you know, clients and consulting and things like that, (laughs) you know, other stuff to do as much as we'd like to just sit here and talk all day. It's other things to do. So anchors kind of made it a little bit easier for us. So that brings us to our newest podcast. Uh, It's called in the ring. And if you're here, obviously, you know, the title of the show. We're planning on making it a weekly show. It's a combination of interviews with thought leaders. I hate the word thought leaders. Boy, do I hate that. 
<laughs> commerce. We'll people, just call them. Yeah, people good in e-commerce. Yeah, isn't that that's like kind of an overused term that you think thought big wigs. Big yeah. wigs. What is this? Nineteen seventy-two. We got the big wigs in here. The big wigs. That's a very Lorraine, go order me a wedge salad with Roquefort dressing and two martinis. We got the big wigs coming in for lunch. <laughs> anyway, we digress as we do. This show combines interviews with e-commerce. I'm not going to say thought leaders, but e-commerce leaders, people involved in the business, as well as the latest news and strategies to give our listeners some actionable ideas and inspiration for the e-commerce business. The bottom line is we're going to take this show and make it a place where you can come and learn and hopefully get some things that you can take away to help your business grow. But if not, at least you'll, you know, maybe you'll learn something along the way. But like we said, we don't want to do just a straight up interview show because there are so many of them. I think, I just don't think we just, we don't need another straight up interview podcast. Well, John, how many, how many of them do you have on your, on your uh, like podcast? Now? Well, I have more than I even listen to. I subscribe. <laughs> right. I'm one of those like, Oh, I got to subscribe to this. And right. then I listen. Right. So and that's, I think that's the biggest problem. Order. Like, yeah, it's the prettiest problem, right? It's like you listen after interview, after interview, interview, like, and then like what you notice actually is some of the bigger people, like when they come out with a book or something like that, they're on everything and they're on every podcast, every podcast. And I understand the whole promotion, but if you listen to like the same people kind of thing, you're like, I just listened to an interview five minutes ago. And it's so funny. They give the same answers and it's like that it's so scripted. It's like they even have the same reaction. Like, Oh, thank you. So let me just tell you about my book, uh, 17 ways to grow cactus. Uh, It's (laughs) going to be available on Amazon. You can get that in hardcover and also on audible. Really want to thank you for coming on the show. But yeah, we, we don't want to be like that. I mean, obviously, we're going to have interviews. I'm not going to lie to you, but we're going to mix it up. We're going to do maybe some live live interviews. We go out and talk to people, uh, some some remote broadcasts, hopefully do some AMAs, open discussions. I, I mean, it's not even just going to be about e-commerce, but some of the behind the scenes uh, things that go on you know, under the hood of what it takes to run a successful e-commerce consulting company. So maybe you can get some insights to help you, you know, run your consulting business or your design business or whatever like that. We're just, we're basically going to kind of leave it open and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, and what we're planning on doing is I mean, we'll even have some of our team from Sumo Heavy on the show. Uh, for example, our CTO and co-founder, Bob Brody, he's the guy that runs all the tech behind the scenes and is a wealth of information the only issue with Bob is that it's to get him to sit down and for an interview, we have to tie him to a chair. <laughs> it's, it's hard. 17 things at once. John, um, we haven't, we haven't figured out how to do the matrix thing. We just plug him in. Yeah. Well, we had originally planned to do a weekly podcast with him and he just shook his head and said, no. So we'll figure out a way, we'll figure out a way to get him on the show. We'll also have our project manager, Melissa Kerr, on the show. She's a wealth of information when it comes down to process. She is the guru of process. And we'll also have Pat McGuire. He's our technical project manager. He deals with most of our developers and projects on the technical side. So he definitely, as you can see, there's a little bit of a theme over all about process here, but each one of them has a different version of it and how we combine the three is, is always interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, we'll have a wealth of information, hopefully to share with our audience and uh, maybe it'll become a big thing. And if not, you know, we'll start another podcast and you know, sunset. No, yeah, we're just no. something else with it. We'll start. We'll we'll start a new podcast in the style of that Saturday Night Live skit, like the NPR radio one with the two ladies, and they like review like baked goods and stuff like that. And it sweaty gets like, balls. yeah, sweaty balls. That's it. Welcome to welcome to the new NPR. But we could do, you know, like, and we're hoping to do some fun things. Like we saw that Amazon's doing warehouse tours. I want to go on an Amazon warehouse warehouse tour. Don't you, Bart? 
Yeah. I mean, I want to go see one of those stupid Amazon treasure trucks. I want to see what's going on there. Yeah. You know, but the moral of the story is, you know, maybe sometimes you need to get out of the office once in a while. So anyway, for our first episode, we're going to do a little shameless plug for our awesome little company and also talk briefly about some of the challenges of running a company like ours. Sumo Heavy has been around for about 10 years, but our firm has always been 100% e-commerce focused. We've seen a lot of changes over the years. I'm going to throw a couple of questions to Bart and he'll give you some insight basically on the running of our company and running a consulting firm for the last 10 years and what we've seen. So Bart, what's, what would you say is the biggest challenge or the biggest change you've seen in e-commerce in the last 10 years? And then I'll ask you the same question, the last five years, because I know that your answer for 10 will be different than five. I think 10 years ago, I mean, you know, company, our company is nine years now and, and we started doing e-com before that little bit. Those days were pretty much open for platforms, right? Platforms were like, that's when Magento came out. That's where Shopify kind of was playing. You know, old school platforms weren't really cutting it and, and people started building these new huge, you know, it was the wild west of building new platforms, right? Because basically Yahoo stores were around and that was it, you know? Yeah, and then, yeah, there weren't for the, sm- for, the, for the smaller guys, right? There's the, the, the big guys too, but like also things like ATG and SAP, like all those companies started 10 years ago, there was none and they started building big ones. And over the last 10 years, they got bought up, they got in, integrated, you know, Salesforce bought Demandware, you know, Adobe just bought Magento not long ago, like all these people started consolidating and the platforms became more mature. Look at something like Shopify, right? Remember it was like a basically button and, and just, you know, buy and now it's like an enterprise level product. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess 10 years of, of just platform changes and maturity and in the last five years, that's even progressed faster now. And especially with Omnichannel and B2B and, and everybody going fully, full in. And you look, look at CPG companies right now where they're doing e-commerce, not just on a, you know, we sell our products like say Walmart, Amazon, but they're doing their own commerce type of experiences. Right, like direct to consumer. That's what's really blowing up now is direct to consumer. Yeah. Direct to consumer, anything. Yeah, pretty much. They're trying. Well, I mean, what what do you think is behind that besides cost savings? I mean, they're they're going direct to consumer, so they spend a lot of money to build a website. But you think it's because then they control their own destiny, i.e., the stats, the emails, like any kind of data that they're collecting. You think that's mainly the yeah. reason? Yeah, I mean, it's cost savings. It's that. But if you look at Last 10 years off straight to consumer, right? You get, you have Harry's, you got Dolly Shave Club, you got Bonobos, right? They're the three biggies that were around. Dolly Shave Club got sold to Unilever, which they picked it up because of that to get all that info in. You know, Walmart picked up Bonobos. Like, so all these people are buying them up just because they have the info. Like, they don't have to, you know? And the funny thing is, if you look at people like Bonobos or Harry's or Untuck It, or away, all those guys started online and now they're building small stores, which makes cost savings and easy to shop. And, you know, we, you and I went into Untuck It and it was the greatest experience ever, right? We walked in, measured, finally did like, here you go, here's your measurement, here's you can choose. It's going to be delivered to you yeah. the next day. And we don't care if you buy from us, just take this card with your measurement and knock yourself out. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, so those guys me. weren't working on commission, which made it a more relaxed experience. And also, I think, you know, we could do a whole show on this is that if you look at walking into a department store, even Macy's, where it's supposed to be attentive, you don't. You walk into a Way store or Untucket or Bonobos, that person is there and is attentive to you. And they're selling pretty much one product to 
to you, right? So it's a different, I think it's a different experience than just, just having this big store. It's like, oh, I'm looking for a blue shirt, right? You're like, walk in, they're like, well, here's your measurement. Here's like, it's just different. I, I feel it's experiential type of things and, and better experience in the store. Is- Absolutely. And, and people are so time pressed now. And when you, let's go back to the department store analogy where I'll give you a great example. I went to buy luggage at a department store, not because I wanted to buy luggage at a department store. I was pressed for time and just I just happened to be near a Macy's. Mm-hmm. I walked in there and the cashier was handling luggage. She was also handling the kitchen department and she was also handling the bedding department. So I can pretty much guarantee that she wasn't an expert on any of those things and also was ringing up all the customers. So that was not a great experience. And I didn't, I don't even know if I got the, the best price possible, but it certainly wasn't the best customer experience price. So the best customer experience. So your analogy is spot on in that these specially direct consumer brands are offering not only a better experience online, but a better experience in their bricks and mortar approach, which a lot of them are doing now. So that's something that's definitely a lot different than it was even five years ago. Yep. And it's going to keep on changing. I mean, I just saw a tweet yesterday where a guy was like, this is a change. I went, I needed, uh, my hose broke off of uh, my air conditioner at 3am. So I went next day to Lowe's and they really didn't have the one I needed. I went to Home Depot and they had the one I needed, but was just outrageous price for it. He was sitting in the parking lot and the next day Amazon delivered it. You know what? I had the exact same experience. <laughs> exact same experience. It was like a piece for a sink and it was the same thing. And I wound up ordering from a third party something that wasn't Amazon. I know. Clutch your pearls. I ordered from a special retailer, <laughs> but he got it there in two days and the price was better than anybody else. So Right. So you you that I mean, if you look at the last five years, that has changed. Yeah, most definitely. All right. So what are the biggest tech challenges, not only are e-commerce retailers, but consulting firms faced with now? Obviously, the cloud is still big. You know, nobody really, you know, just everybody expects that. But scalability, making sure everything is up at all times. And then security. I mean, security is one of the biggest things uh, absolutely now. And then from like designing websites and stuff like that, accessibility is is what's been hitting lately. Um, you know, it's funny because... Well, accessibility has always been an issue. And I think but it has it, hit a lot more and it, it comes in waves. Yep. Right, right. Because I noticed a lot. You, that's back in the conversation where it was really heavy in the early days. You know, it's like, oh, your site isn't accessible. Your colors are all wrong and your buttons are in the wrong place. And now that conversation is kind of bubbled back to the surface. Was there, maybe I'm ignorant to the fact, but is was there more laws passed or is it just? No, I think it's more of. Uh, most of, so basically, I know this is kind of maybe a little crappy, but people went after educational type things, government sites, and all that. But most of those people were like, they're you know they're not going to pay out if they where e-commerce is where it's at. And I think that's the people haven't gone after e-commerce side of it, and I think they started going after and winning lawsuits, and that's where it started. I mean, we've seen it all. I uh, mean, I knew I knew it had to have something to do with money. <laughs> <laughs> it's always about money. Lawsuits. Exactly. And I mean, you know, to be to be truthful, yeah, every site should be accessible. The problem is how, you know, and what's the what's the brink of are you buying it, not buying it? What's the what's the play? And I think that's it's an interesting topic all over a place right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could do two podcasts once, one about accessibility and usability and also about just site design in general and how much it's. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. it's just, I mean, mobile is obviously the biggest thing right now. It's oh, still yeah. there in whatever variety you like it to be. 
you know, between mobile sites and PWA and apps and whatever, it's still mobile. I mean, whatever flavor you want. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about more about our business itself. How is running a consulting firm now different than say even five years ago? What, what do you think has changed? What's the biggest change you've seen? For I'm just going to say it's for us. Uh, we grew up a lot. <laughs> you know, we took everything in the sun nine years ago and we actually stuck to our guns a little bit where we didn't take, we did in the beginning, we take everything, but we also made it smaller, meaning that we figured out process internally, making sure that the delivery of everything we do is rock solid and our growth has suffered from that in the way of we didn't become another consulting firm that picked up a platform and started selling it crazy. Right. Or right. just we taking haven't. any project just to goose the numbers. Right. We are a retainer-based company. We charge fee monthly for our services to a client. And, you know, we have, we're very against hourly billing, but that's just, you know, we like it that way. And it's a fair exchange of services to clients when we work with them. And it's a big partnership thing. You know, our clients, I mean, we have a client who's been with us for eight and a half years and it's yeah. cool working well, with them and they're amazing and they're fun. But we also have huge clients who love us and we've been with them forever because they know they get a lot of output from us and a lot of strategy, a lot of things that we do with them is it doesn't, it's not a rush for everything, right? We like to work with them nice and slow and make a big impact, you know, deliver small things and, and the impact is huge. Yeah, no, I'm glad you pointed that out because if you even go back five years ago, we weren't as efficient. Plus we were, t we had more clients, we had a lot more stuff going on and we were trying to do a lot more things. We've kind of scaled our, our offerings to clients. We yep. are more of a straight consulting gig place. Our offerings are now more, we'll help you fix this, but here's how long it's going to take and this is what it's going to cost. And here's the process and here's, here's we're going to come. If you don't have a process, we're going to help you with internal teams fully, help you internal to be better, more efficient and, and you know, work through that. And that's, and that's always been our thing. I think the feather in our cap is we've done all that. We've scaled all this back, are handling more work than we've ever handled, but it's not that crazy busy work anymore. And we didn't have to blow our staff up by 2x. We're still the same group of people. Right now, about 20 people together. Yeah, I so mean, it's pretty, pretty impressive, though, you have to admit. The clientele, some of the clients who are not named <laughs> that we get to service at the level we are, yeah, it's, it's impressive to us. Yeah, good things. So a little behind the kimono here, how does a company like Sumo, maybe you don't have to be so specific, but maybe you can speak extemporaneously and don't have to be so you know, secret sauce about it, but how do, how do we get clients? Like what, you know, it's not like the old days where you land on a contact page and say, yes, I'd like you to build my website. <laughs> that, our sales is definitely a lot more complex. Sign my logo. <laughs> Sign my logo. Uh, build me an e-commerce site. It's a lot more complex. And in reality, it's all about relationships and being patient. I can kind of track down our two largest clients that we've had and still have to a recruiter I met in Philly at a networking event 12 years ago. Crazy. Right. So it's all about relationships, right? Now, to be fair, now that we have help with Brittany, we are doing a lot more marketing, right? We have a PR firm that we work with. They're friends of ours. We are doing a lot more marketing. These podcasts help. So we're pushing a lot of content out and just doing outbound, but also or inbound. My uh, the outbound is just on me. It's basically networking and events and doing, you know, catch-ups and 
our sort of sales cycle is, is pretty long, but I am okay with that because it's a very good relationship building type of thing. Now we've closed things faster. You know, we've closed things. It's like somebody calls and then, you know, less than two weeks and we're closed, but it's usually a longer sales cycle. I, when you say longer, is it three months, six months, or is it, are some of these even up to a year? One of our, one of our like clients, we always wanted, took me three and a half years. Yeah. Chasing it, chasing it, chasing it. And sometimes it just becomes, it's like about follow up, follow up, follow up. It's just not, you know, it's relentless. And that's just my job. So let's talk about the inbound marketing, the marketing we've been doing with podcasts and things like that. And I'm going to speak as maybe as advice to someone who has a, as a similar firm, what do you think the effect of doing the podcast and all the inbound marketing that we've been doing, what do you think has been the effect of that? And how do you think it's affected our business? Marketing the way we market, I think it's more of a brand, right? It's, it's being out there and, and just pushing what we do. For instance, the two leads we got in the past week are just monumental. If we get them, that changes our business completely. That's not a minor thing. <laughs> no. Okay. No, so if you look towards expenditure of not only, I mean, sure, there's dollars involved, but there's creative ways that you could do marketing that don't cost a lot of money. What would you say to, let's just say a, a similar consulting firm, maybe almost or smaller, the same size. What would be the first thing that you would tell them to do? I mean, for us, John, I think that you and I, like the pocket, like Technically, this podcast that we're recording right now is not our first or third or fifth, right? We've tried this over the years with video and podcast, and we played it with it. I think just, just doing it. I mean, the way we did e-commerce minute was like we had a restriction on 10 minutes, and we just did it. So try things. And then we tried to splice them together. That was interesting. Yeah, yeah but we tried it, right? But we tried, we tried it, right. We Good tried point. everything and see where if it hits, we double down on it or triple down on it. Right. So I, I guess the point is, I guess, is it so much, do you, what would you focus your time on though? Would you just say, just, you know, screw it, start a podcast or, you know, write a hundred blog posts, then start a podcast or where would you where, It's wherever you're good at. You know, we've talked about video. There's no way we're going to do it, right? We will, you and I will play with it, but I don't think we're ever going to do video because it's just not in, in what we do. And then that, that costs, if, if you like doing video, you can edit it really quickly. That's great. Writing is for us, it's where it has some podcasting in right. it because we can talk all day long and writing, you know, the amazing thing for the team is the whole team, except for me, are amazing writers. So like, that's just, it's, you know, even this year, like when we finally got them to start writing, like that became like, we tapped into the talent we have. That's not costing me much. It's costing me, you know, an hour of their time. Correct. And we take it, edit it, and we need to do with it. So Tapping into whatever people are interested internally is where it's at. Yeah, and I, I would dovetail on that to say that if you have, you know, if you've got a staff of a few people, you need to identify what the strengths and weaknesses of each one of that person would be. There may be someone on your team and you don't know it. They may be really good at social media, really good at video, really good, and just niche down to whatever that they're really good at, and just maybe say to them, like, look. You know, you're going to help our business if you could write a blog post or you could do one of your crazy videos that I saw on your YouTube channel or even like some stop motion animation, whatever it is. I don't know mm -hmm. what your business is, but whatever it is, you know, maybe take that and, and build on that because also, I mean, besides the money, because that's what they work there for. That's what the money's for. People also sometimes like to do something that isn't like 100% related to their day-to-day -day job and it may give them a little... Create, mm -hmm. create a bust out that uh, you know gives them that little burst that people need because people just don't want to do the same thing every day. Hey, John, I have a question for you. Sure. 
What are we going to do with Brittany? Considering she writes for us all the time. <laughs> what is um, her creative outlet? <laughs> her creative outlet is debugging a security on Magento service. No, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> she might not work here anymore. Anyway, but, you know, it's funny because we hire Brittany for a certain job to coordinate all the things we do, but she's an amazing writer. So we're like, well, let's take that and push a thousand percent so well to be fair to her she does do a lot more than just writing and sure get to exercise her creativity a lot you know but she's the new girl so <laughs> new girl gotta, in town she's got to write all the all the articles <laughs> <laughs> she does indeed she and does she indeed. just graduated for my altimeter so it's uh Brittany, just, Brittany is a recent graduate of temple university what did you go for Brittany? advertising <laughs> advertising and you landed in an e-commerce consulting firm but you are doing advertising related work so it yeah counts. yeah for sure and i really like writing i'm gonna write a book one day so all right what's the book gonna be about i don't know my life i think because i've had like i had a very tumultuous first like 18 years of life nothing like too dramatic but like stuff that would be interesting for people to read about you know what i mean very relatable and so just kind of that kind of thing. You need to slide me a chapter. I want to, I want to read this book. Okay. No, actually it's funny. Kelly and I were just talking about it the other day. I was like, I legit have been thinking about writing a book, but I don't know when I'd start it. Cause like, I don't know like where it would like stop to get interesting to stop. You know what I mean? All right. So here's the first thing you do. You get up every morning, you write a thousand words, you write for the trash can, you write anything, you write anything that comes to your mind. You do it for an hour every morning. And that's how you become a better writer. Wise you know words from John. Yeah, I'm Venmo do. me fifty dollars, please. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, all right. So we're gonna get the back to Bart. We're gonna talk about uh, e-commerce consulting. What is the landscape of our competition? What what's going on out there? I, we, we you said there's a lot of consolidation, people getting bought. What else you think is happening out there? So anyway, so I think all the consulting firms are starting to just consolidate a lot with you know, advertising, marketing, uh, development firms just getting bought up into just, just conglomerates of things. And to me, that's just too weird. It, it, you can't, you can't be doing everything and be good at it. We call that the department store effect, the Macy's effect, if you will. Bingo. The Macy's effect. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> your bingo words. And that's, that's a great point. And I'll even point to something that, that relates to that because I think what happens, well, that's with any company. You get too mm-hmm. big, your, your service slips, and one hand doesn't know what the other is doing, i.e., example given, uh, Hertz and Accenture. <laughs> yes, that one. Oh, man. There's no quality uh, control. Well, if, folks, if you haven't heard about this, just look up Hertz, Hertz versus Accenture. They're suing the crap out of each other because of a botched job. And I think what came down to that was, the job was too big. Accenture just basically was just too big of a ship to steer and yep. steered it right into the ice. And Hertz also didn't know what was going on either. So I think both parties were at fault. Yeah. I mean, to me, to me, it's like, you can't be good at everything. Like where we do not do SEO and design or UI UX. This is not what we do or a true marketing. Right. And we always said that, have we lost clients because of that? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we're not willing to budge on it because that just makes no sense to us. It's why would I be good? Now we partner with people to do things and that's awesome, but we'll never do, I don't think we'll ever do a marketing thing. And you know what? It's, it's a struggle for me because sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe we should. But then I go back and go, no way. We are good at what we do. And we stick to that. And yeah, 
Yeah, no, and I, I get that too, because there's times I want to say to you, like, Bart, let's start a magazine. Let's start a podcast company. Let's do all this crazy marketing stuff. It's like all we're going to do is dilute what our true mission is. What's yeah. yeah, and that doesn't mean we can't do those things. It's not all, like maybe one day we will, but I think what we do now is is the right timing to be very specific when you do. And you kind of, to me at least, and – I guess I'm looking at it from my own lens, but a lot of, remember the saying that you can't be fired for hiring IBM. I think that world is changing. I think you can be fired for hiring IBM. Yes, absolutely. Right. I mean, there's more companies are starting and look at advertising world. People are starting hiring smaller firms doing specific jobs. And even if they hire a big firm, that big firm is hiring smaller firms they're hiring the boot yes sorry i didn't mean to step on you there but the bigger even the bigger advertising agencies are hiring or even buying up the boutique firms that are good at that one thing Mm -hmm. because they're good at that one thing and you know the big agency just can't do it they can't steer the ship correctly without these other smaller firms so yeah great point yep yep so all right so we're going to round this out a little bit what's the one thing that e-commerce retailers should keep an eye on in the next year Security, all the mobile stuff that's going on and platforms, obviously Amazon being in play, but the biggest, I think it's voice. Voice is going to be there. We just did a little study and, and voice is not hitting just yet, but I think it's going to, it's going to happen. Over yeah. So what Bart's years. referring to is uh, Sumo Heavy. We occasionally do white papers. We try to do a couple a year. Our most recent white paper is the current state and future of voice commerce. It's a sumo heavy white paper that you can find at voicecommercesurvey.com or on our website, sumoheavy.com. And just look under insights and you'll find the information there. We'll probably be doing a podcast in the future about voice commerce. Um, but yeah, so that you think that's going to be the next big thing of voice commerce? I think so. I think voice is just happening. Obviously we're all doing podcasts. It's such a, it's just there. I mean, the, you know, after prime days, people buy up those Alexa devices all over the place. That's a biggie. Yeah, we're going to have to keep an eye on that because they were practically giving those things away and we know why. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's just, just, just happens, right? I think not every single device they have ever made, they pretty much do it at a cost because it's the easy way to shop more, right? Can I ask actually how you think that like experiential retail will affect e-commerce or like... It's already affecting it. Yeah. I mean, that's what we talked about earlier about like Harry's in the way. Right. Like those kind of those kind of plays. It's going to be a lot more. And I think that's going to be just part of commerce. Like right. I actually do hate the word omni-channel. Mm-hmm. It's just commerce. It's going to be across the board right. at every single moment. So you have... Everything should be or everywhere. So if you're in store, you know what you're doing online you know, shopping across the board. So I think Omnichannel is, is an interesting word still, but it's just going to be commerce. It's right. be, what you think of stores is not going to be separate. Great point. Okay, so to round it out, we're going to see how everything kind of comes in a circle. We're back to this podcast. So Bart, we're going to take off the interview hat here. And for our podcast for In the Ring, if you were able to interview anyone, uh, who, who would that be? Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go, you go high, right? I thought you'd throw something a little obscure out there, but Jeff Bezos? I mean, wouldn't it be yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk or Tim Ferriss or... Uh... Well, Jeff just fits this podcast. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> I'm going to throw on my Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, can you explain in a further detail those text messages that were leaked? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I mean, I think, you know, Mark Laurie would be interesting. 
See, I would rather interview him because I think personality-wise, he'd be a better interview. But that's just yeah, Jeff. You know, you hear a lot of things, but having like a, a deep conversation with him would be fun. Yeah, but those guys, you know, those super smart guys aren't always the most brilliant conversationalists. You know, it's like they have that uh, that weird gene in their brain where it's like they <laughs> wow. they're so smart that they don't even realize that they're like they're still talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, hey, he runs a big company and he's on top of that and that heap. So yeah, richest man in the world. That's not bad. I, you know, I also thought you would say Richard Branson because I know you're always a fan of his. That's a personal. that would be that would be a good one. That's yeah, a personal Richard thing. There'd probably be uh, that would be a good one. That'd he's be a like, fun one on his island. That'd be even. Yeah, better. he's a different type of gazillionaire. I feel like he's in like a different realm of gazillionaire. Experiential gazillionaire. You're right. Yeah. See, that man is enjoying his money. Bezos, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> is Jeff Bezos still driving around in his little Honda, or did he finally? Who knows? He's getting driven by driven. Hey, that's that's a uh, Dick Yingling driving around a Toyota Corolla in my hometown. That's He's right. One point right. five billionaire. <laughs> well, I mean, Jeff lives in the Seattle like special mm. commune, basically, where you know Jeff and Gates and all those guys live. Yeah, they're not living in the real world. They pretend they are, but they're not. <laughs> that's true. All right, and that should do it for the premiere episode of In the Ring with Sumo Heavy. I'm John Suter with my co-host, Bart Moraz, and our associate producer, Brittany Blackman. Make sure you subscribe, tell your friends, share the love on the socials. You can find us on social media at Sumo Heavy or on our website, sumoheavy.com. We'll see you next week in the ring with Sumo Heavy. Bye. Bye.